0: roll the intro
1: you're locked on maple leafs your daily podcast on the toronto maple leafs part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: sick to my stomach dave sick to my stomach how you feeling, pal?
1: Man, like it hurts. It hurts, man. It, it, there's no other way to put it. It hurts, but I can't I can't get full into the doom and gloom. Because There's, one
0: more game. there's another game.
1: Another game, guys. Yeah. Another
0: chance, another chance to do it, but it could also be another chance to rip our hearts out and stomp on them. Like they've done now eight times in a row with a chance to advance to the second round of the playoffs in this. Matthews Marner era. It's uh, oh, so, so frustrating. Uh, welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. Got my boy Dave Morisuti with me here. We're coming off of the Leafs 4 3 loss in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning in game six. Tampa forcing a game seven. Braided Point scores the overtime winner and things go back to Toronto. So at the very least the Leafs something they haven't had in the past is home ice advantage in game 7 uh with you know fans in the building at the very least last year there was like 500 people barely counts. They have a full packed barn and if you're going to that game you better be as loud as hell. They got to bring bangers to the uh, you know like the like the the banger things that that make noise makers type of stuff uh Use those as the giveaway on the seats. Not a towel. Something to make noise. Come on now. Um, all right, let's get into this game though. And, and we'll we'll tee up game seven uh, towards the end of the show. Look, ultimately, it's it's upsetting because we've been here before where the, the Leafs look like the better team and the Leafs seem like they deserve to win the game, but ultimately they fall, they didn't get it done. And again, y- you questioned the killer instinct there.
1: This reminds me a lot of game six against Montreal last season.
0: Oh, does it ever?
1: I and Mike, we brought this up in the last podcast and I said, I didn't want to hear any of this. I didn't want to be reminded of it. And no, the Leafs just decided, yeah, I know we're going to remind you of it. It, it was. Oh, I literally pretty-
0: brought it up, right? It was like they're down two. Brody scored twice, brought it to overtime. To- yeah, exactly. So very similar, actually. <laughs>
1: Yeah, th- th- that's what it is, right? It's not that they lost; it's how they lost because they battle back, they take the lead, and then it just all, like, it just yeah. all dissipated from there. That that's the that's the that's the show. Look, I don't expect the Leafs to hold a three-two lead against the Lightning for sixteen minutes in the third period, or for the whole third period. But it was a little too easy at times for Tampa as well. Let's not as well.
0: you know what though like at the end like <laughs> the vibes were so good going into that second intermission they were so good like Tavares scores two goals was it 26 seconds like two in the final minute of the, of the, the period to go from being down 2-1 you're thinking going into the inter- intermission all of a sudden you're leading 3-2 with your captain coming alive getting a couple of quick goals and all of a sudden you're like oh my goodness is this different is this different? Like I, I haven't felt this way before going into a period. I haven't felt this good about this team. Maybe it is different this season. And um the, the thing that's really disappointing about this game though, Dave is they kind of shot themselves in the foot and, and, and the Leafs are always their own worst enemy, aren't they? And that's kind of another narrative that has come, that, that comes with them. And, and that's part of the baggage with them in the playoffs. You know, last year, the biggest narrative was that every game they lose, you can pinpoint specific turnovers that turn into goals. Go look at the goals tonight. Go look at them. Outside of the power play goal uh, to tie the game at three, they all came off of pretty egregious turnovers. I mean, the first one by Alec Kerfoot at four and four, gross. That's just, that's you can't, man. You can't make that turnover. Um, and then the one in overtime, right? Try to stretch pass up to Matthews, picked off. You know, at uh, at center ice, and they take it, you know, a little rush chance down the other way. And ultimately, that puck goes into the back of the net. So turnovers, 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 shooting themselves in the foot. And they didn't get any help uh, from the officiating either. How look, I, I hate bragging on officials. I really do. I hate to use them as excuses for why teams lose. Let's pull up the, uh, let's pull up the, the, the David camp one first. So camp gets a high sticking call in the third period. Ultimately, um, that was the first high stick that, that he got. And then they ended up taking another one in the play, uh, to make it five on three. This should never have been a penalty. And David camp was dumbfounded when look at this. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see that straight up hits him in the numbers on his shoulder and you get an Oscar Literally an Oscar-nominating head snap from from, uh, from Cowfoot to get a, a, a call here. And, and the worst part is the official was right there, right there. He put his arm up right away as if to say 100% that hit him in the chin, hit him in the jaw, face, jibs, whatever. That's a penalty. And we could clearly see this is 1,000% not a penalty. Hit him in the freaking shoulder. And it put them down a man, and then they had to kill off a penalty. They take another high-sticking call. What was it, 17 seconds into that penalty kill? They're down, you know, it's five on three. Kucherov scores, which is also a questionable goal. Could argue there may might have been some goalie interference. Corey Perry looks like he may have had a bit of a stick lift as that shot was coming in. What would you think about that? Did you think that uh, Sheldon Keith made the right call to not uh, ultimately challenge that play?
1: I think so. I think with the way that goaltending interference is just such a tough thing to win. Like very rarely do, do they get overturned? Like that's such a tough play that, and you don't want, you you know, they tie the game. You don't want to give Tampa a reason that they can take the lead after that and continue the five on three. Right?
0: Exactly. That's the thing. If I wonder how much that factored into it, I hope somebody asked him that in, in the post game press conference, Because if it wasn't to continue a five on three for another like minute or so, might he have done the challenge if it was just going to go on to a normal power play? But the fact that it would have given him a five on three, if it would have stood, maybe that wouldn't have worked out very well. I don't know. I don't know what the situation was. Uh, But why don't we also take a look? Because this is what pissed me off even more the fact that they just put the whistles away for whatever reason in the third period or in, in the overtime period, let's look at this one play on Austin Matthews right now. Granted, neither of us thought that Matthews and Marner had their best game of the series. I I, I think we both agree on that one, but let's take a look at this play here. Um, Austin Matthews click play. So for those on YouTube, you can watch us Alex Kalorn literally holding, grabbing, pulling him from his Jersey. No call at all. No call. I've never seen anything so blatant in my life. You've called this series so tight the entire time, and all of a sudden in overtime in game six, you're going to put the whistles away and let stuff like this go? Stuff so blatant like that? Like, that's pretty black and white, man. That is a a tug on the jersey, a pull, a grab, and it's just ridiculous that the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't end up getting a power play in overtime at any point because of this. Just flat out ridiculous.
1: Is Austin Matthews supposed to sell the call? Is that what we're supposed to like? Like, what's the answer? That's the part I'm trying to figure out here. What's the answer? Does Austin Matthews have to sell the call? Does he have to skate harder? Is the ref going to tell him, ah, you know, you weren't really skating there. or isn't really doing much. It didn't affect, like, I don't know what Austin Matthews is supposed to do there. I think it's a bit embarrassing that, you know, your star player, it's not even star players, any player in the league like the, the double standard of, yeah, you know, you can grab the Jersey. You can, you can go for a little ride. Like I, I, it's, it's a double standard in this league when it comes to, we're going to put the the whistles away, but then we're going to call phantom high sticks (laughs) here in the game. That's the part. And look, there was also the Michael Bunting play before the overtime goal where it, it was clear he got hit in the face by something. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I don't I don't know if the refs feel like a guy like Michael Bunting with his reputation of always drawing calls is just trying to sell a call, but I don't know how the refs don't look back at that David Camp play during intermissions and say you know what we got to do a little bit of a better job of watching these guys trying to sell a call.
0: I don't and, know. And you think maybe it, it, it worked? It, it, it kind of backfired on the lease in that sense. You
1: think perhaps? I think so. They're like,
0: unless we know that's a call, let's just not make it, and they just tuck the whistles away. But that doesn't excuse the Kaloran one. That's just whoever the heck is supposed to be watching play and watching for that t- those infractions, uh, not doing their job, or they need to go and get some glasses because that's flat out like I've never seen something so blatantly obvious in my life, Dave. And it's just inexcusable for Game Six overtime. With a chance to advance on the line, and you're just going to do some nonsense officiating like that? It's crazy. And then John Cooper, post game, has the audacity, the audacity, to just pour gasoline on the fire. Here, he was asked on uh, asked about the penalties in the third period, and he said they earned them both, and we took advantage. Bra, bra! Did you not just see the David Camp one that went directly on the guy's shoulder? What did you earn? By snapping your head back, yeah, okay, sure. You've got two cups, and now you're going for a, an Oscar. Like, that's just ridiculous. The fact that he had the gall to say that after seeing, I'm sure he saw the power, the, the replay. I'm sure he knew exactly what happened. John Cooper started to tick me off, man. He's got these little side comments, and they really started to tick me off.
1: Yeah, I used to respect, I, I respected John Cooper for the longest time. But then, like, when, when it's against the team that you're covering, yeah, no, that's a little annoying. That's a little annoying. I mean, did did Tampa really earn those penalties, too? Like, what did they earn in this game, really? If you really think about it, like, the, the Leafs, <laughs> the, to use John Cooper's line, the Leafs gave them that game.
0: Yeah, by you know their their own turnovers, uh, you know three goals coming off of turnovers from themselves, and then uh, also you you look at, you could say that Vasilevsky, won them that game. Like Toronto, Toronto should have won. The Maple Leafs should have won that game, and Vasilevsky came to play. You know what I mean? So he he did everything that he possibly could, which included. You know, being fantastic in overtime, like they they had some chances. Like Toronto was buzzing in OT, and that's why it reminded us so much of Game Six in Montreal because that was the overtime. Uh, that was the overtime where they ended up really dominating, like the first twelve minutes of that OT, and then they scored on the first shot that Montreal got in overtime in that game. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was Game Five or Game Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was Game Six, and I believe it was Cole Caulfield uh, who got the goal there.
1: It was no, it wasn't Caulfield. It was, uh, it's like, no, it was Suzuki, I believe.
0: Okay, Suzuki got the goal. It was one of the young kids. But, yeah, like Toronto had outshot them 12 to nothing in the first, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so of overtime. And then the one shot that Montreal got there uh, they put in the back of the net, and you know Tampa had more than one shot tonight in overtime. They had a, a couple of opportunities, but the Leafs, to me, they were, were the better team in overtime.
1: Like they, they, they controlled certainly. the, they certainly controlled the play.
0: Uh, Matthews was this close to ending that series. This close, if that 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 deflection he got in front of the net was two inches to the right, that might go posting in. Like that close, a, a couple of inches, man. And that's sports. That's what it is. It's, it's a game of inches. And, you know, same thing for the game winning goal. If, if Jack Campbell's pad was an inch or so lower, it probably hangs onto the puck and it doesn't just slowly crawl over the goal line. Like when you watch back on that replay, Dave, how did that sit with you? Just seeing that puck, he had the save kind of lost his balance and then it just kind of squeaked in over the goal line and, that was the end of the game. Like I, I just,
1: I hate those slow tricklers though. Those are those are killer. Like to see it slowly trickle in as guys try to get in the way and try to try to get it out. That that's, that's a, that's a real killer there for sure.
0: It is, man. It really is. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll continue talking about the game. We'll preview game seven and in, in a few moments as well. But before we continue, Dave, why don't you tell the good folks about our show sponsor today? And that is bill bar.
1: All right, so imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tube of birthday cake frosting, then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. So we just found out today that birthday cake puffs are the newest Built Bars out there. They're new uh, puffs flavor never heard of anything like this before i thought birthday cake timbits were the big thing i think birthday cake puffs are going to be the new fad out there right now if you haven't tried the puffs i'll let you know in a little secret because that's what friends do a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar yeah you heard me delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100 percent real chocolate make every day your birthday with bill's birthday cake puffs Bill has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robbed it in a 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. Amazing. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get a flavor and variety into your day. All built bars are covered in 100% of real chocolate as I mentioned before. That means with built bars you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They're made with collagen colli- oh, sorry, collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. So make sure you go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. So that is the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of built.com and we didn't get unfortunately we did not get our birthday cake puffs yet because we're up here in Canada. It takes a little more time to get up here. Because if we did, we could be celebrating a you and I, Mike, could be celebrating your birthday, uh-huh. your birthday cake puffs. I am so sorry that we are not celebrating your birthday on a happy podcast. We thought today was going to be a happy podcast. Unfortunately, on this edition of the Locked On Leafs, it is a sad podcast. But we're still happy that Senor De Stefano is celebrating his birthday.
0: <laughs>
1: Appreciate
0: it. Yeah the the Maple Leafs did not give me a very good birthday present uh, uh, last night uh, with the four three overtime loss in Game Six, forcing a Game Seven in Toronto. We'll tee up the the Game Seven a little bit, but we're not done talking about Game Six. But yeah. Not a great birthday present. I was hoping, you know, my birthday today on the 13th, and I was hoping that you, you give me a little early present on the 12th for the Maple Leafs, and then I could kind of celebrate the weekend and just be happy, smiles. Now, uh, hopefully I can get at least a belated birthday present on the 14th, at the very least, right? Let's hope that that can pull through for us and we could be happy and continue. Because honestly, like, I feel like this team, th- this team – they're better. They're better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. I leg- I honestly feel that way. They are the better team. They have performed better, and they should win. Uh, they're they've gotten some bad breaks, and there have just been those little mental errors. But the problem with that is these little mental errors seem to be like the, the the common theme when you look back at all of these eliminations over the course of the last three, four, five, six years now of the Matthews Marner era. And it's just those little tiny mistakes and turnovers that at the end of the day have turned out to be so, so costly. And you rarely see that out of a team like Tampa Bay. Like, like how many times do you see them make these glaring massive errors and pay for it? You just don't have, they're just so fluid and a lot of what they do it's so hard to capitalize, and that's why, like the Maple Leafs, why it's it's so impressive, and it's somewhat difficult to produce against this team, is because you got to be able to, you got to be able to capitalize on your own opportunities. You got to create those opportunities, and over the last couple of years, you have there haven't been a lot of teams in the NHL been able to to figure out a way to do that, especially in the playoffs against Andre Vasilevsky. The Maple Leafs have, man, they've scored three goals on this guy, each and every game. That. Has not happened, has not happened in the past. They'll have one more game to try and exercise those demons and ultimately, uh, ultimately try and get themselves into the second round for the first time since 2004. The song Yeah by Usher was the number one hit uh, on this day. You know what else I thought would have been amazing? Like if they would have been able to score an overtime winner in advance. Today also happens to be, or yesterday rather, last night was was the the uh, anniversary of the Kawhi shot. Could you imagine if the Kawhi shot and the Maple Leafs game winning overtime goal to advance to the second round for the first time in 18 years could have been on the same day? May 12th would have been a a, a city wide holiday for the rest of life. Like legitimately, it would have been, but. Uh, didn't quite happen. Did not quite happen. Uh, overall, though, um, some some impre- your impressions on maybe a couple of players. We haven't really keyed in on on some of the players tonight. What did you think of the big boys uh, and, and how they performed, stemming off of Game Five where they were electric? You know, they kind of stole the show. Did you think that they did a good enough job tonight to uh, a- as a an encore, or was there more to be desired? You think?
1: Um, I thought there was more to be desired from certain players. Like, I'll I'll give John Tavares a lot of credit. I thought this was his best game of the series, Agreed. without a doubt. Uh, he made plays at both ends of the ice. Uh, I thought he he. I thought he could have had more plays even uh, in this game. I thought he was by far the least. I'm gonna go and say he was the least best player. Like on up front, I thought Jack Campbell was pretty stellar too. Uh, but I thought. John Tavares was really good. Yep. Um, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Will Nylander, frankly, just not good enough. In my opinion, like Matthews got the the tip. He got the redirect goal. He gave the Leafs life. I will give him the credit on that, but there wasn't much else they were getting. Now in overtime, he was getting abused by Alex Kaloran. Yeah, I'm not going to hold that against him. Like when you're not able to, when it's not a fair balanced equation, I'm not going to really hold that against him. Um, But I thought there was something missing from that line. Mitch Marner did not look really good. I thought on the overtime winner, he didn't really do much to stop Braden Point. (laughs) Like, I don't Braden Point had a lot of speed coming through, but Mitch Marner, he looked them off. And I do not like when players look off a guy coming in, especially in overtime. And then William Nylander, there were plays he, he he missed out there, that's for sure.
0: Well, uh, they, they noted that there was the one play, uh, I want to say it was Muzzin maybe, who flipped the puck down the ice, ended up going for an icing call, but it may have been Giordano, one of those two. And it seemed like Nylander, if he would have kept going, could have got there, but another kind of a pull-up, and it ended up coming back for an icing. Now, it didn't hurt them in the long run. The goal didn't come until you know, far after that. But yeah, it's one of those, another play where you're like, dude, are you, are you engaged? Like what's, what's going on here, Willie? But ultimately I actually thought he did have a pretty good game. Like I'd, i give him probably like a B, B plus performance uh, out of tonight. I thought in the first period, especially he was winning some board battles. I thought that he was buzzing a little bit, uh, him, JT and Kerfoot were definitely the best line uh, that the Maple Leafs had tonight. Kerfoot after the, after his blunder, he was pretty effective. And, and even in overtime, like that guy had so many opportunities uh, to either you know set up guys or himself to get some good decent looks at the net, uh, ultimately didn't score uh, obviously, but I thought that there was some real good opportunities that came from that line once they got put back together about midway through the game. Uh, but I agree with you with the top guys, you know Marner and Matthews. It just seemed a little disjointed, like they they weren't as crisp as they were in Game Five and like they were all season long. It didn't seem like they they had their legs under them for a lot of this game for whatever reason. Um, you know, the, there wasn't as much tape to tape as you typically like to see with these guys. They had a shift here and there where they looked shifty and they looked like they were ready to dominate. But for the most part, I wanted more out of those guys. You know, th- those are the two that you look at, though, and those are the guys who need to step up and you're like, there needs to be a killer instinct. It's got to come from those guys. Like, those are... Your two horses. I know, you know, Riley on the back end, he's another one of those guys, but you know he's bringing it every night. You never question his heart. Tavares is your captain. You're not questioning his heart. Matthews and Marner, not that you want to question those guys, but when they don't come out and be as good as they were in game five, like be better than you were in game five. Show that you have that killer instinct. You have a team like that on the ropes. Go for the throat. Kill them. Get them out slay the king unable to do so you know unable to do so and i mean credit to tampa they 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 neutralized them again uh john cooper did a good job of making sure that he got like the mcdonough matchup up uh, up on him sorelli so that they were not going to be able to you know establish themselves and and get a whole bunch of opportunities but again you are you were nominated for the mvp earlier in the day austin right like show why you deserve to be MVP, go out there and perform like an MVP, you know, and, and it just didn't do that tonight. And it, it's a big reason why they have to go back to Toronto instead of popping bubbly and champagne on the, on the plane ride home, probably a somber, quiet group. And, and they got to now go and play an extra game on, on Saturday and hope that they can win it at the end of the day. Um, Solid night for the blue line, though. You know, I thought that the blue line, uh, yeah. nobody really stood out to me as, uh, you know, someone who was bad that night. I thought that Brody was solid in the game. I thought Labushkin had some really good, uh, some really good moments in that game. They were fearless, just eating pucks, jumping in front of pucks, especially in overtime uh, and late in that game. Um, but ultimately, it's it's just so frustrating as a Leaf fan to it, it, to be writing this story again, you know, to be having this conversation, this discussion, this chat, once again, at least with a chance, they got a team on the ropes, unable to do it. Got to go back for another game seven teams. Oh, and eight now. Oh, and eight in the Matthews Marner era when having a chance to eliminate a team. Oh, and eight. If they go to zero and nine, look we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. If they are another first round elimination, but, I, it, it's it's not going to look the same next year. I'll tell you that. Um, any other final comments that you want to make on on this game before we kind of break and, and tee up game seven?
1: Um, no, I think you know what. Some, uh, I mean, we didn't bring up the Braden Point chin strap thing. I don't know what, what really to make of that situation. I think Jay Spat's a good for not Pointing I don't even
0: know. I didn't know the. Uh, to be, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't know it was a rule.
1: No, I. I mean, I've I've seen like if the helmet's not done properly, players just toss the helmet off and they skate off. Like I've seen that happen before, but I've never heard of a rule where if the if it's not no, if it's not the chin strap's not done up properly, like I I've never heard of that before. Um, yeah, this is all I'll say too. Being seeing the Leafs being down two nothing coming back, taking the lead. There's something to be said about that. Two straight games in a row, they're able to do that. But, Mike, you said it in the last podcast. You can't keep going to that well. That can't be the story every time.
0: No, no, it can't be. You can't rely on on the comeback each and every night. You know, like this team's got to go out there and set the tone. They haven't done that in a while. You know, it's, it's now been, what, three straight games where they haven't been able to set the tone. Tampa's come out. They've scored first. Um, and, and it's really uh, Toronto, then they're chasing the game. They've been able to come back, you know, a couple of times here, but I, Game 7, you know what Vasilevsky did last year in series-deciding games, correct? This man had five straight shutouts in series-deciding games. Five straight shutouts. That doesn't scare you going into Game 7. I don't know what to tell you because that's what worries me is that guy over there, number 88 for Tampa Bay going full-on boogeyman in a winner-take-all, win-or-go-home scenario, and that is so, so worrisome. Why don't we take a quick break, and we'll get back into it. Uh, we'll preview game seven, which goes down tomorrow night in Toronto. Uh, 7, 7.30, did they announce what time it was going to be at? I don't, I don't know. It's kinda- announced
1: yet, but I'm going to assume a 7.30 puck drop.
0: Probably it seems to be what uh, the Toronto uh, Toronto has been having seven thirty games. So that's, that's the assumption I would say is a pretty good call. Uh, but for tomorrow night, man, if you do feel, if you feel like this is a different year, if you feel like this is going to work in their favor, since they have home ice in game seven, you could place a wager on them over at bet online There are partners uh, that continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sport developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, the NHL playoffs, MLB scores, fights, and even next season NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morisuti with me. We are your hosts here uh, on Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs podcast with shows each and every day, Monday through Friday. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts via audio. You can also check us out now up on YouTube. Uh, we got a great YouTube community that we've kind of started up, and we've got a giveaway that we're doing once we get to 1,000 subscribers. We're up over 750, so we are quickly getting there <laughs> a lot quicker uh, a lot quicker than i thought it would take but now it's like okay i want to get there as quick as possible so yeah. go ahead hit the subscribe button if you're watching on youtube right now share it with some friends and family um and uh you yeah. know feel that you're eligible and let's just build this thing and really helps us as well with the podcast if at the very least help us help us <laughs> uh all right dave um i guess we got to put game six behind us right like that's the that's what sheldon keeps has got to be telling these guys in the locker room tonight or on the plane ride back to toronto right six game six it's over it's in the past don't worry about it game seven's a totally new opportunity The the scoreboards white's clean it's a chance to go out there and uh and get the win and that's what they're gonna have to do right
1: yeah that's that's pretty much it you have to have the shortest memory like Austin Matthews goldfish. kind of
0: memory of a goldfish. They say,
1: yeah. Austin Matthews, you know, yeah. A couple of interesting comments post game. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the first one. Um, I did it. Please share. Okay. Well, I mean, luckily we're not. Uh, so here I'm going to grab the first one. Or do they delete it? Uh, let me let me just pull it up. Cause I want to make sure I quote it properly because it's quite, uh, quite interesting. Okay. Us, Matthews, we just got to put our balls on the line and go for it.
0: Sure. Yeah, put your balls on the line. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. But I'll, I'll read the full quote, full quote. So what's in the past is in the past, man. We can't change that now. It's about this next game and going out there with the purpose and with details and just comp- competing for 60 minutes or whatever it takes. We just gotta put our balls on the line and go for it.
0: I'll tell you what uh, what this kind of means: the fact that you're going into Game Seven and you're going back home kind of validates validates the uh, the regular season a little bit, because that's what you work for in the regular season is to try and get home ice advantage in round one of the playoffs and give you just that little edge, right? You've got that edge now. You've got home ice. You're going to be the favored team. Put your damn balls on the line, Austin, but you got to do it, right? Nut up or shut up, I guess, as they say, if if that's how you want to roll. But you got to go out there and you got to be the best damn player on the ice because you're the best damn player in the series. And really only one game so far have you done that, right? One out of six games where Austin Matthews has proven to be the best guy out there in, in the game. And that's kind of unacceptable. If I'm going to be quite honest with you, it, it is a little bit unacceptable. He's been fine. He hasn't been terrible. It's definitely been a lot better in the last couple of seasons, that's for sure. Mitch Marner, same thing. But it's still not where it needs to be. He's still not as dominant as he was in the regular season. And I know it, you know, the, the the old adage is, you know, the regular season, the playoffs are two different beasts. You know, it's the ice shrinks and and it's just so much harder to to do things out there. And I get that. But if you want to go around and, and you know, have people try and make the argument that you're the best in the world, this is where the best in the world elevate their games. You know, in the playoffs, in game sevens, you know, like the chance to put the team on your back and get it done. This is what this is where heroes are made. This is where. Uh, Hall of Famers make their careers, and it's he's got a chance to do it in Game 7. So it's one thing to say it, to put your balls on the line. It's one thing to say it. He's got to go out there, and he's got to do it. And if he doesn't, I don't like their chances, man. I really don't. I think that this team going into a Game 7 like that against that squad, if their best players aren't the best players on the ice, I don't think they win this one. I'll be honest with you. It's straight up going to come down to that it 1000% is going to come down to that. I'd be shocked if they win this game and Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner are not the best players on the ice.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, look at who, who came out in overtime and were the best players for the Tampa Bay lightning, Victor Hedman, brain point. That that's what it takes. That's what it takes in these moments. Look, Sheldon Keefe can laud the third line. All he wants for how well they've been. They're not going to be the difference, I think. In they're not going to be the difference in. This they won city. you a
0: game. They won you a game. Yes, right. They did. Your third line, your depth. They won you game three, right? They won you game three, but your stars got to win you the rest. They got you one. You can't rely on them to get you two.
1: No, I, I like, and, and I think Sheldon Keith needs to understand that too. Like, there's limits, right? Mm-hmm. You got to push your stars, right? you got to you got to make sure you're not overextending them. We got to push them a bit. Like I feel like, you know, the final minute, I think of the third period, the third line was out there. John Tavares was not out there. That can't happen in a game seven. Cause John Tavares can be a factor in a game seven. I know he doesn't have the playoff success. I get that, but you got to give him that opportunity to be that difference maker too.
0: Yep. Yep. Could not, uh, could not agree more. um, like you feel confident though. Like the question is, does this team? It does. This team seem it does seem different. You know, it doesn't seem different. Does seem like they're gonna do it at this point? They've traded wins back and forth now, right? Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, Tampa, Toronto, Tampa. Toronto should win based on what we've seen so far. But do you actually have the confidence that they'll pull a performance out of their ass and win it? Do you have that confidence in this team?
1: Oh, it's it's tough to be fully confident, just because you can say you're fully confident, and then it's the same. I just said, like somebody, so how do I feel right now? I said, like how can you like? It's a bummer, but I'm like, I'm not gonna lose my mind over it because it's just something we've dealt with how many t- countless times. It's like when you keep constantly get hit by the same thing over and over, it just doesn't really have the same effect anymore. <laughs> but, but like it's tough to be totally confident, but I also just think that like you've seen how this team has responded to bad games. Like, especially you see how after losing game four, like they did in game five, uh, the big boys did take over when they needed to. My only concern is, are they going to let Tampa dictate things again at the start? And, put themselves in a hole that they just can't dig out. They did it last year against Montreal in game seven. I just, I, I can't, I, I don't think I can take another bad start and you're hoping and praying that something turns around. I just right. can't, that that's not going to happen. I think in a third for a third straight game, I think Andre Vasilevsky like that. I just curse every time I see him make a save because he's, he's been their best. he's been Tampa's best player. Yeah. No, I stop, and I think he'll be their best player again in game seven.
0: Very well, very well could be very well could be Um, just taking a look at looking at natural stature to see if anything kind of stuck out to me tonight in terms of like the analytics and the numbers and stuff. Dude, Jake Muzzin was on the ice tonight. 26 minutes, 19 seconds at five on five. Only one high danger chance allowed.
1: He that well, hiring again. Like it. <laughs> Dude, they're
0: outstanding, man. Like, the, honestly, they they really, really were. Jake Muzzin on the ice, 63% expected goals when he's out there on the ice. Uh, TJ Brody was a little bit less than that at 53%. Um, but, I mean, 58% from your shutdown pairing, like or 63% rather from your shutdown defenseman, yeah, great, great outing for the guy.
1: Yeah, I I, I just I'm one thing I will want to see from the blue line, because what's happening right now is Tampa's collapsing down to the net. The blue line has got to be somewhat of a factor offensively to make Tampa not just plug the middle in front of the net. So that's where the only thing I want to see a little bit more of. But other than that, like, yeah, Jake Muzzin and, and TJ Brody, that gives me some confidence. I You can rely on them in a game seven because they've been doing it all series long. I don't think that changes in the game seven because these guys have experience. Mark Giordano didn't really have his best game. Like I, I I can't fault him for the goals he was out there for because there's tough plays, but like a guy like him, I can see stepping up in a moment like this. Like they've, yeah. that's what gives me maybe a little more confidence is that they've got guys that can step up in these moments it's just though, can can the, it, it's always going to come down to your star players. That's what it is always going to come down to.
0: It it, it is, it one hundred percent is. But I think that's a fun that's a fun little question that we can ask ourselves. And maybe you just answered it for for yourself. But like, if there is someone who can be the unsung hero in Game Seven, someone who just digs in and helps get gets it done for this team, are you going with Geo? Is that the guy who you think? Uh, we'll be coming away saying like, man, that guy had himself a game. Is it Geo? Is it someone else that, that you can think of that maybe will be that under underappreciated, underrated, unsung hero? Hmm. I, I, is David Camp still unsung? He's had some big moments, big time moments in this series. um Could he have one more? You know, like we all know what he does defensively, but he's got a couple of goals in this series. He had uh, a good opportunity to score tonight as well. uh, Once more, maybe he's the one who kind of has a, a big game or a big moment at the very least. And he could go out and do something and, and, and help change that narrative. Maybe he can do it. Perhaps. Imagine Spezza. I And Spets scored that. That's up. who
1: I think like in a moment like I wanted to see more Jason Spets in this game. I understand like at his age you can't throw him out for a bunch but they tried to get Matthews with him and Kasha. Yeah. That fourth line. Someone from that fourth line. I feel like Spets is the key. I mean, how Kasha imagine if he could have a big game? Like that,
0: he, was, he he was he was decent tonight. Like that fourth line, actually, they they're they're pretty good. Like mm-hmm. they weren't out there too too much, but when they were, I thought they were fairly effective. Thought Colin Blackwell had a solid game for the the minimal amount uh, that he was out there on the ice. Kasha, obviously, um, I, I liked what I saw from a lot of those guys. To to be quite honest with you, I I didn't think the team should have lost tonight. I thought for the most part they were the better squad. But Andre Vasilevsky made uh, a couple big-time stops in overtime and, you know, a couple of bad turnovers by Toronto shoot themselves in the foot. You get some very questionable officiating as well that kind of helps Tampa a little bit get back into the game. Next thing you know, man, we're heading back to Toronto for a game seven. So
1: do we even want to
0: jinx it? Do we want to jinx it with a prediction? What do you think? Nope,
1: I can't do it, man. I've done predictions. For all these last game sevens, you can do one. I'm stepping back. Can't do it this time. Can't do this to myself. You can Man. do
0: one. I think they get it done, dude. I really do. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm so broken right now, obviously. Like, we're recording this, and they just lost. I feel broken. <laughs> and I already feel as if
1: awesome it's almost bro. like
0: a game seven loss. But... Like Vasilevsky is beatable. You know, I know I I brought the stat out earlier, like his record um, five straight series clinching games, and he's got five straight shutouts in those games. But he's also, uh, they've found a recipe to beat this guy, right? He's also never been so um, gettable. Is that the word I'm looking for? So gettable as he's looked here in this series. I think they do it, man. I think they get it done. I think Austin Matthews has to be the guy, though. He's got to be the catalyst and he's got to be the best player on the ice. He really, he really has to be. We can talk Unsung Heroes all we want. That's fun. But at the end of the day, Matthews has to be the best guy. Plain and simple. Plain and simple.
1: I'm not going to give my prediction. I, I will expect that, but I've done it in the past it's come back to bite me i just i, I just wanna i'm not gonna be able to enjoy the game like, it's gonna be nerve-wracking you thought overtime was nerve-wracking every shot in game seven is just gonna be even that much dude every more.
0: rush chance like i i find myself I, I every single rush chance uh i just get so anxious so anxious it's like oh god is it, is it gonna happen here like Shot on goal, rebound goes out into the slot, buries the rebound like that. That's that's always what I think is going to happen every single rush chance. Um, by the way, it looks like the St. Louis Blues have advanced to the second round. They will play the uh, Colorado Avalanche in round two. So, I think I got that one wrong. I think I have Minnesota actually in my personal bracket doing that. So that's the latest update around the league. I guess we will see if the Maple Leafs can join them in the second round. They will have that opportunity for a second time tomorrow night to try and get rid of the narrative. Lack of killer instincts. They can't get it done. Immature. They have a chance to get rid of all of those narratives tomorrow night with a win. See if they can get it done. Yeah, that's that's going right. to do it for us here today on the pod, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Lease and Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And also uh, hit that like button and subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, that'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. Enjoy the game tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. I hope when we return on Monday, we have a Victory Monday podcast. I really, really hope that's the case. Or else it will be a Black Monday type of podcast. I want that. You don't want that. No one wants that in Leafs Nation. We know that for sure. So let's all hope. Let's all go to bed tonight. Forget about game six. Game seven, Saturday night in Toronto. Cheer them on, loud and proud, whoever is going to the game. And let's get this thing done. And let's get a little taste of the second round. Let's get it done. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Let's go. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for us here today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. We will be back on Monday, win or lose. And until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On.